Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in session. Man, it's good to be here today. It's good to be with you. And uh, if you don't know, my name is Pastor Jason, and uh, God has called me to, to help lead, uh, partner with Pastor Sellers and the rest of the team to lead this church to further the kingdom of the gospel. And uh, what an honor and a privilege it is to, to have uh, to play any kind of part in that. Uh, and uh, so I'm so excited to share. We've been in a series over the last few weeks uh, entitled Called and Appointed. And I'm going to be completely transparent that this series has been pivotal, um, has been... Let me try the words here. I've lost the word. It's never good when a pastor lose words. It's unusual. But it's been really the, the, the life of, of what God has had me to, to do. It's really been my life as a believer to, to remember the identity that who I am in Christ. I don't know about you, but man, identity, uh, our identity is, is seems to be completely always challenged. Uh, who we are in Christ. The enemy is constantly bombarding us with who he says we are, and 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 we will begin to pick up identities or labels that are uh, what we do rather than who God says we are. And I, I just want to remind you, um, as we continue through this, that no matter what you hear today, I please know this: God doesn't look at you or decide about you or choose you or or in any other way except for who he says you are, that you are his kids and he loves you so much that he sent Christ Jesus for you. Never forget that you have been given that truth, that your name is Christian, Christ-like, that God has positioned you that way in that place. He's called you righteous. No matter what we do, no matter how we feel, God does never God never shifts from that truth. He never changes that. So when we face some challenge or we do something wrong, do not take that as your identity. That may be an event, but it is not who you are. And God has called us and appointed us. And I believe in a time like never before, we need to have a firm foundation of who God is and who we are in Him. Because things are shifting, things are going one way or another, you know as well as I do, when we need something firm. And God says, I'm your firm foundation. Jesus is the rock. He says, and on this rock, I will build my church. It's not church as in word of life, family church. It's church as in His people. 
He's going to build it. And then it goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say, if we'll grasp this, we'll hold on to it. Listen, he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And, 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 and nothing is going to stop you from accomplishing what God is called to do if we will believe the truth of who we are, that we are called and we are anointed and we are appointed. Amen? That's what the series has been about. And uh, I'll be completely transparent. I've needed that series, like, I, this, th- that series, this series like never before. I- I'm going to be completely honest. I've had a rough week. We said, well, what happened, Pastor? Nothing. But that doesn't mean there's not a battle. Sometimes it's in the middle of the t- it's in the middle of a normal day that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the battle is the identity who you are. And 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 I don't know why, for whatever purpose, I don't know. I'm just being vulnerable. It was a difficult week. But I see that as we begin to get into this, and as we begin to remind ourselves, uh, I'm so thankful that God knows more than I know. He needs more than you know. And He leads us, and He guides us, and He has given us a series like this in the truth of God's Word, so that when we face times like I faced this week, we can look back and say, man, God was there the whole time. He's been teaching and training me over these last few weeks for this week that I've been dealing with. And what I'm trying to say is he's got your number and he knows where you are. Please don't allow the enemy to lie to you and tell you you're all alone. You're facing this all by yourself. Because there is a battle. And the enemy is a liar. And the enemy only comes but to steal to kill and to destroy. And yes, he's going to fight you. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's the honest truth. That's not just Pastor Jason trying to pump you up. That is God's word. The best word of all. And we've been in this series and the foundational scripture that we've looked at is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, say me, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own appointed that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's your identity. That's who God says you are. Not because you're a perfect Christian. Not because you did everything right. It is only because Jesus, our Savior, the Christ, the Anointed One, came and paid that price. And He made a contract. He made a covenant with God. God says, will you go and pay this price? Jesus said, I'm going to accept that contract. And I'm going to go to the cross so that your kids can have relationship with you. Nothing changes that. Jesus says, it is finished. Now, we need to get that truth into this head that when the enemy's trying to battle, you can say, that may be what you're trying to say, devil. But we know the Bible says that when you speak, you're speaking lies and lies alone. And so it must be the opposite of what you're saying. So now I know that I am called and I'm appointed. I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
his own appointed, that I may proclaim the praises who called me and out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been called and you have been appointed. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. It's good news. Last week in our installment, we talked about first, and we were we kind of camped out in First Samuel chapter 16. We're going to look at that again because I, I had mentioned last week there were four declarations that we're going to make, some reminders. And I made this bold statement, a, a statement that I had heard uh, years ago that, that basically is that you'll, we rarely, as humans, we rarely believe what people tell us. But we almost always believe what we tell ourselves. And so the, 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 the purpose behind this the way I've written this, these, these points um, that is on your handout we'll talk about is, is an opportunity to be like in first person so that you can take these points and when the enemy gives you a week like what I experienced this week, you can say, hold on, I'm anointed, I'm appointed, and I'm called. And so I uh, prepared these, these, these uh, statements so that you could... Confess them over and over again and remind yourself. And it's all based out of 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, as I said before, is kind of a pivotal time in, in, in the history of Israel. Israel had begged for a king and God gave them Saul. Saul was a good king for a time. Unfortunately, things went awry. And Samuel finds himself in chapter 16, he finds himself depleted and disillusioned and disappointed. And, and last week I mentioned it was kind of, it might be how we feel coming in now. We're halfway through the year. Some of us are like, man, I had a different idea of what 2020 was going to bring. I had a total different thought about what 2020 was. I mentioned, I remember very well, December 31st. 2019 and I remember man uh, 2020 God you're good the vision and yes and and what God was going to do and 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 it didn't line up it has not lined up with my preconceived idea but it does not let me repeat it never does it never changes God never changes his his direction even when things are not lining up like we had hoped. Even when my life is not going like I thought it would look like. Even if my kids aren't walking or doing what I thought they should be doing, or, or my finances weren't in the place that they should be, or my body is not seemingly to be in the spot health-wise that I want to be. God doesn't change. He says, I am for you and not against you. There's nothing that changes that. And we find ourselves, Samuel finds himself in a place where he is completely discouraged. And God says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, How long will you mourn? Don't you know, he said, don't you know I'm God? People may fail, circumstance may fall, challenges may come, but that doesn't change who I am. So pick up yourself, Samuel. I've still got a plan. I know it doesn't look like what you thought, but guess what? My ways are not your ways, my ways are higher. And grander and smarter 
and more perfect. Because I'm a God that knows all and cares much. I'm a God that loves with all that I am. I'm a God that loves so much that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my son so that you can receive relationship with me. That's the God I am. He goes on to say, how long will you mourn? God goes on to say, it's time to be on our way. It's time to be on our way. I know I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. It's time to be on our way. It's not, no longer is it a time to grieve what should have been. Now is the time to look forward to what God is doing. And he's already, he's already, he, he, <laughs> someone says, well, I can't wait for revival. Revival's here. You know why, why revival's here? Because you're called and you're appointed and you're anointed. You are the revival that's here in 54555 and across the state, nation, and the world. You are that revival. Stop waiting for something when God says, I've already given it to you. You are my kids. And I've equipped you and appointed you. And nothing in your life, circumstantial, it changes that truth ever. Ever. Somebody say ever. Not even in my notes yet. Praise God. 1 Samuel chapter 1, Lord says, how long are you going to mourn? Come on, Samuel, pick it up. Be on your way. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 3. He says, invite Jesse to sacrifice. I'm going to show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I'm going to indicate. So last week we talked about anointing a little bit. And I'll just do a quick uh, kind of a, a recap here. On the level of this text, of course, we're seeing how, jo- uh, how God is raising up a new king, in which, by the way, is where Jesus, the lineage of Jesus comes. I don't think it's by accident that he goes to, he's called to go to Bethlehem, which is where Jesus was. Come on. And so the anointing is Jesus, the anointing means that it's something very important to us today. We may not become king as in the political king, but we have been called and we have been appointed. And I just read in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The anointing, I said, is this, it, what it means is to a singling out and empowering by God for special favor or and or responsibilities that God has anointed us through Christ Jesus that the anointing is the Holy Spirit power for service for his kids on this earth that the anointing comes in John chapter 14 Jesus said that that through our belief in him God the Father will give you the same anointing that Jesus had I've got the same anointing as Christ Jesus. You've got the same anointing as Christ Jesus. Oh, but pastor, I've only been a Christian for five minutes. Praise God, you are anointed and you've got the same anointing that Jesus has. We are anointed, we are called and we are appointed. Listen, the called and the appointed enabled by God to function supernaturally. In short, 
God put super on your natural. And I love that. I'm so thankful for that. Somebody say, I'm anointed. How'd that feel? Doesn't that feel good? Say it again. I'm anointed. Now, that doesn't mean we do anything we want. The Bible says that we have too much is given, much is required. God has given us great responsibility. But He's equipped us to handle the responsibility. So say, I'm anointed. I'm called. I'm appointed. Do you believe it? Amen. Four declarations that we, last week we said, the first one I'll just go through very quickly. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. I'm anointed to accomplish my God-given assignment. You should be writing these down. You should be putting these on your mirror. You should be put. I, 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 when I would had a long commute, I used to. Uh, when I would uh, long commute, I would put little post-its right on my steering wheel. I am anointed to accomplish my God-given assignment. As long as we are in Christ, the Anointed One. As long as we are in Christ, and Christ is in you, that we are anointed through Christ, we stay in Him. You are connected to everything that God has, everything He promised, everything He says. We'll stay connected. And when we stay connected, we'll be able to accomplish the assignment that God has given us. We stay with Him. If we abide in Him, He'll abide in me. And we'll bear much fruit. Amen? So God gave you an assignment. He's also given you the anointing to accomplish that assignment. Number two, just because we're not visible doesn't mean I'm not valuable. Just because we're not seen or we feel seen. And we, we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 16 where, where they're looking and, and Jesse brings in his, his kids to be, uh, to be anointed. And there's going to be a new king. And everyone's excited. And they're coming in front of Samuel. Nope, that's not the one. Nope, that's not the one. Nope, that's not the one. Uh, Jesse, is this, is, this, is this all the sons you have? See, Jesse said, oh no, I got, I got the younger one. He's doing his chores. He's out in the field. Kind of smells like sheep right now. You don't probably, you know... God says, Sammy says, you know what? Go get him. In fact, we're not even going to sit until he comes. Just because you're hidden doesn't mean you're not valuable. You may be finding yourself in a place where you're like, I don't feel like I'm seen. I don't feel like I hear. I, don't, I feel invaluable like God has completely forgot about me. That's a lie. And God often protects the ones that are most valuable. It may be for just a time. It may be just for a moment. And what everyone else thought was a leftover, 
God said, that was my plan A all of the while. So it didn't matter how they felt. It didn't matter what they thought. God had appointed a specific one, the right one, in the right place at the right time, regardless of if he was in the place or not. God says, I've called him. I think that's important to hear today because sometimes we will find ourselves in a place where we feel far away from God and we think there's no way God can speak to me now. And in fact, God's standing up waiting, giving you a standing O for when you do walk through and say, God, I need you. He's like, I've been waiting because you've been called, you've been appointed, and you've been anointed to be my king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Be part of that family. Amen? I talked about, I got my one of my best suits. I've had it for over a year. Never, No one's ever seen it. Not because I don't think it's a great suit. It's a great suit. It's fancy. It's fine. And I don't hide it because it's not valuable. I hide it because it's so highly valued. I'm waiting just for the right time. And so if you feel, if you find yourself in a place where you feel like, I, I, I don't feel valued. I don't feel, I feel hidden. I don't, listen, that's a lie from the enemy. But if, for whatever reason, if God has you in a place and a time where he's just wanting to love on you and soak you up, know that he is preparing you for something amazing because God doesn't create junk and he doesn't have small tasks and small callings. He has big callings and big tasks. And that's why he needs us to be anointed so we can accomplish that assignment. Just because you're hidden doesn't mean you're not valuable. It may be the opposite of that. This week in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to continue to look through. I'm going to start reading in verse 11 as we get to our last two points. verse 11 of chapter 16, it says, So he asked Jesse, Are these all of the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered, but, but he's tending sheep. Samuel said, Well, send for him. We'll not sit down until he arrives. And verse 12, And so he sent and had him brought in, and he was ruddy and he was fine, with fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. Somebody say, I'm anointed. So verse 13 says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel then returned to Ramah. I want to encourage you, if you've got your Bibles Mark it up and underline that David and put a little arrow and put your name there. Because when Christ came, that day that he came and you received him, the spirit of the Lord came upon you in power. When you received Christ. So you can put your name there. I got my name there. So when the enemy's lying to me, I can turn there and say, uh, 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 wait. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jason in power. 
when I receive Christ. I'm going to go on my way. Because I'm the anointed one. Because of Christ Jesus in me. And now the next time as we read on, the next time we see David, after he's been anointed, after all of the pomp and circumstance that is the anointing, but a great celebration, we see David in verse 19. I'll just give you a little shot here to see. It goes on a little bit and it says, And then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Now hold on. David's just been anointed. The Spirit of God is on him. And the next time we see him, he's not being fitted for robes. He's not, there's no parade or float. There's no, nothing being prepared great. No publicity at all. In fact, he finds himself right back with the sheep. And that leads us to our next point. I don't need a better assignment to experience a greater anointing. We thought, we think, as we're anointed, man, there's a big switch going on. I'm I'm ready. Listen, we often think for God to move more in our lives means that He's going to completely change things. Give us something completely different, something that we would perceive as better. And I know that happens at times. We see in Scripture that that has happened, but I believe if we look through, it's more in the exception column than it is the rule of thumb. God often anoints you so that you can carry on even brighter and better in the position in which He already has you. Now, I think it would be awesome if God would do totally change it. But this is the problem. We think expectationally wise that we would say, okay, if He's anointed me, then it's going to look like this and there's our problem. We begin to decide for God what that looks like instead of listening to what God says and letting Him be God. This was, I've done this so many times. Honestly. This is where you get the, the, the term getting ahead of God. You get an anointing, you feel an unction, and you know, oh man, there's something good. And you're like, okay, thanks God, see you later, I'm going to go do. He's like, what? I've seen this so many times. I've seen seen this happen so many times when we take, when we're uh, uh, in in our jobs. I don't know how many times I've, I've heard or spoken to people. Man, God really fired me up on Sunday. I'm quitting my job tomorrow and I'm going to, what? Did God tell you to quit your job? Man, he was anointed. I felt on fire and I know I've got a, I've got a desire to, to, to lead people to God and praise God. Are there people where you work now? Of course, we've all experienced this in churches too. Man, I'm on fire, and man, that pastor or that worship leader or that those people, they just don't get it. I'm on fire, and I'm ready to go. I, I got to get out of here. I got to do something better. I'm going to start my own, or I'm going to jump this, or I'm going to do that. If 
God calls you, praise God. But God doesn't call lone rangers. He calls us to be unified. Worse yet, I've seen this happen in marriages. I've counseled with, man, I'm just, I'm on fire and they're not. But so and so is. And if I say it out loud, you're like, that's crazy. It is crazy, but it does happen. Why? Because if we are going to think, if we begin to buy into the thought, the enemy brings discontent and disillusionment. He says, oh, now i got to stop them. They're starting to grasp their identity. Now they're feeling fueled by that anointing. I need to stop them. I'm going to tell them that there's something different. When in fact, God says, I called you for their assignment right here, right where you are in this moment and in this time. Think about this. How much more, if you're in the same job for 20 years, and God gets a hold of you and fires you up, and you're doing the same old job, and your neighbor that's watching you do the same old job is looking at you and say, why are they happy? Why are they doing it more detail? Why are they, what's going on? And you're like, I'm just doing, and you're like, and they're like, look at their face, they're smiling. This isn't a fun job. Imagine if they're like, what is going on? First, they're going to ask you if you're on drugs. You can say no. But think about the testimony. Right where you are, if, if someone starts noticing, you talk about advancing the kingdom. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to stand up on stage. In fact, I think it's more impactful when someone has seen you for years in one light and all of a sudden they see the Shekinah glory of his presence all over your face that they're doing this way they're doing the same job I do and they're enjoying it what's going on and they're going to be compelled to ask and you're going to have an opportunity to share and they're going to want to say yes I want Jesus in my life just because there's a greater anointing doesn't mean we have to change our assignment God is God everywhere we are and everywhere we go. We have to stop looking for the something different and start working differently in the something of where we are. We need to advance the kingdom right in the place in which God has called us. He's called, he, didn't ask, he, he didn't call you there and say, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were going to be there. God called you there. He put you there for purpose. Maybe it's for a season, and maybe it's forever. But whatever it is, are we willing to say, okay, God, you open the door. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna camp here. I'm gonna do what you call me to do. I'm gonna be fired up because you've you've anointed me. You talk about revival. I don't think there will be a greater picture of revival than if everybody goes to work tomorrow and people begin to see the presence of God all over us. And like anyone that's thirsty and hungry, they see it and they long for that. And they invite, they say, I need to know what's going on. But if you ran from that calling, I'm looking for something greater. How about those people that were waiting to see 
the glory of God and the anointing on you. Just because we're anointed doesn't mean that we have to have a different assignment. God's called us right where we are. And this is the understanding. We have to get to the realization that God is God. He's big. He's mighty. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. When David was anointed king, so it was four years before he killed Goliath. Where was he? Hanging out with the sheep. And it's a good thing too. Because the lion came to try to steal the sheep. And he, he killed the lion. It's a good thing he was there right where he was. He stuck to his assignment because the bear came to steal a sheep too. And David was right there. Anointed with the spirit and the power of God. Killed that lion and killed that bear right where he was. If he would have been in the throne, would he have been able to protect that sheep? Absolutely not. God knows what he's doing. He's got plans and they're great. And let me tell you, he's bragging a little bit because they're like, uh, he's like, I'm ready to go fight the giant. They're like, you can't fight the giant. He goes, yeah, when I was in the field doing my assignment, I've been practicing a little bit because there was a bear and I killed him. I'm going to kill this giant just the same as I did the, the bear and the lion, by the way. See, we don't need a better assignment. We need to continue to walk in the assignment that God has for us. But now we do it with the anointing. Now we're, now we're able to accomplish the assignment. And we're valued. Even though we're not seen. We're highly valued. We don't need a better assignment. We need to get better in our current assignment. We need to let God be God in our current place and position. He's going to grow it. That's what God is. God is not a God that's like, oh, you know, God's a God of more than enough. He's going to grow it right where we are. So I don't know. Nah, I don't know if I have much influence, Pastor. I live in this town called Phillips. No one's ever heard of it. Yes. People watching all over the nation. But even if they didn't know, even if you feel hidden, insignificant, God has value. God values you. If he didn't value you, he wouldn't have given his prized possession for you. His son. That's how valuable you are. I feel all alone in this in this. Uh, warehouse. I feel all alone in this at this farm. I feel all alone in this grocery store. I feel all alone in this place. You're not alone. You're anointed. You're appointed. You're equipped to accomplish your assignment that God has placed you. Let's not run away from the assignment. Let's embrace it with His glory and let Him be God. I promise you. He is not rattled. He knows where you are and he's, he's equipped you for where you are. I believe it without a, sh without a shadow of a doubt. I know that God has done it. God will do it for you as well. Does anyone believe me here? Say amen.
So we said that we're anointed to accomplish my assignment. Just because I'm not visible doesn't mean I'm not valuable. I don't need a better assignment to experience that greater annoying. We've got to keep doing what we're doing. Let me say that. We've got to keep doing what we're doing. we just got to stop the way we've been doing it. Sometimes we do it on our own power and our own might. God says, I need you to activate the super that I've given you for your natural. I've anointed you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, this is where we get this scripture. I can do all things through Christ. Listen, it's, I can do all things through the anointing. Who strengthens me. I realize that we've read that and said that we're thinking Jesus and, and He obviously paid the way, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that empowers. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It describes that anointing power that He has and it says that that power is in us in John chapter 14. We already read that, that that same power is in us. And so now we can read, I can do all things through the anointing, because of the anointed one who strengthens me, empowered me. I guess that's one of my favorite things about the anointing. Is it, it releases me, frees me to realize, number four, I've got nothing to prove and only one to please. I have nothing to prove and only one to please. We should put that on our mirror before we go to work. Before we have to deal with something or someone and you know it's going to be difficult. The anointing frees us up to live in that way. The anointing allows us to not let ourselves get concerned with the things of this world but lets us be fired up for the things that God has in store for us. And when we have that freedom, then we're able to speak freedom. When we realize we're free, we tell others we're free. I remember way back when, uh, I went one time went to this corn maze. Uh, and, and and I went to this core maze, and finally someone that we were kind of going all over. I was tenth grade or ninth grade, tenth grade, tenth grade. I'm walking around this thing, and I can't find my way out. And, and and it was, but someone found the way out, and they ran out, and then they're like, "I found the way out." And they begin to come on. I was like, yeah. Because you know, you start freaking out a little bit. Am I going to get out of here? What am I saying? When you find the way out, you want to tell people the way out. When you feel free, you want to make sure everyone's free. There's something in us, God has placed in us, that we want to shout from the rooftops, I've been set free. Come on, find the way that's free. place that brings freedom. 
And this particular person was yelling and screaming and jumping and dancing and, come on, here it is. Because they were free. They weren't trying to prove anything to anyone. They were just trying to walk in the freedom. They weren't scared about whoever was looking at them, looking crazy, jumping around. Why are they so excited they're out of a cornfield? But they found some freedom. We have nothing to prove. And only one to please. Because if we will grasp and understand that we are called and appointed to realize that we've we don't need to prove we've already been approved. We are approved of God. He's got the final say. He's the true one. So I don't need to prove. And I say that because of this. We often will measure ourselves by this arbitrary measuring stick. To prove that we can handle what we're, what we're going through. Prove that we can, that we are, as a, we can even use it as, a, I'm as strong a Christian as I say I am. And it's good to be strong in the Lord, but understand that it's not in the power of your might, it's in the power of His might. So in that way, I, That's why I'll come to you as pastor. I'll be transparent. Man, I messed up week. I don't have anything to prove. I got battles with thoughts and challenges and circumstances like everyone else. I'm not going to try to prove and look like I'm something that I'm not. I battle too. But my responsibility is to stay in Him. Because if I try to depend on others to prove who I am, I've opened up my, the opportunity to place my foundation on something that is going to crumble. Fame's going to fade away. Money, power, all of those things are going to fade away. If I'm trying to pr- prove this and prove that and look a certain way, and I apologize if I've ever put that on. The, no, I'm not perfect. No way. Talk to my wife for 30 seconds. You'll find out. But as, I, as we grasp our identity, we begin to bring a stability to who we are in Christ. And then we begin to move from proving that I'm this, what God says, to walking out what God says I am. And all the while, it's pleasing Him. God is pleased when we walk by faith and not by sight. God's pleased when we walk in the anointing that He has equipped us with. We need to stop trying to prove ourselves. And continue to 
desperately please the Father. How do we do that? Be true worshipers. Be ones that, that invite Christ, invite Jesus into our lives, invite Jesus into every circumstance. Not try to work it out on our own, but to humble ourselves and say, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. Say, God, I need to get into your word. I need your words today. I want to please you. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.